It's so wonderful to see you all. One person asked me, are you still nervous when you are going to preach? In general, maybe no, because I trust God is acting. Now, maybe not. I'm not so anxious, but I never had a desire as I have been preaching for more than 20 years, I have never had desire or have a dream to come here by my own will. When somebody says, I was dreaming about preaching, I am surprised, but in my case, I always wanted to sing. And um, in my case, it became different, so understand that it's God who is guiding us, not our desires. So I have promised that we will start a series of sermons which are called Life in God's Presence. Say, all, wherever you are listening, all people like this, without God's presence, don't start even living. We are not alive. I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about God's presence. There is only one God. There is only one name, Jesus Christ. Without this name, a human being is not alive. We can also speak about Christianity as a religion where you can live religious life without God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you know the difference? Maybe only me. I notice this difference. It's like fish can't live without water. This is like human being can't live without God's presence. Today, I will present you six obstacles which withhold human being from coming and staying in God's presence. So the question is usually, how can I enter God's presence? When I read the scripture, when I observe my life, I saw six obstacles or errors. Like when you look through the window, through the glass, you can see, you can know something, but you can't touch. If you have a plate of food behind the glass and you are very hungry, but you can't touch it, maybe sometimes it's better not know certain things when you know, but you can't touch and you may become angry why somebody has blessings and you don't. So our enemy has his tactics, his uh, traps and nets. I think I have experienced every trap, but 
with God's grace, I was led out of it. I saw wrong things happening in my life, and I will share my experience. So let us read certain verses. It's John chapter 14, where Jesus says about himself. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Jesus says, I myself am way, truth, and life. He doesn't say, I have truth. When you come to somebody and he gives you something, what he has is one thing. And the difference is when somebody says, I am the life. When you life, you stick yourself, you glue yourself with all your heart, and you de don't depart, and you cherish it with all your heart, because he doesn't have life, he is life. It's great difference. During all the weekends, we'll look through all these articles, and John 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they would have life, have life above I came to bring life, Jesus says, and we see that He is life, and His intention is not to take life away, but to give life more. Other people who want to live, I live abundantly, but read, I see that God is who wants me to live. I don't even need to ask him to give something because he already wants it. So in Matthew 11, it says, Come all to me who are weary and heavy laden, and I shall revive you. And Jesus says, You don't need to have to do something special. If you run short life, you are sick, you are qualified, just come, come. I don't need to do anything more. No, just come, but come to life, to the source, and drink will give you life, because I am, and I will be your source. This is um, something, whatever you ask from God, no, without Him, you shall not live. Without His presence, you will be dry. You shall not survive and experience what man is called to experience God. So back to those six obstacles. So the first one is when he calls you and he asks you and you respond and you start moving and the enemy starts whispering, you're not worthy. Have you heard this? You are trying to come and approach Holy God? Haven't you? You have forgotten what type of life in secret you lead. What are you thinking? Have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen yourself? Enemy may say, you are not serving God and you still want to expect Him to give you life in abundance? You have to earn and be worthy. 
there are such thoughts which come into our minds, and these are lies. In Roman chapter f- 5, it's been written, Romans chapter 5. Let's wait while I see the verse in display. It says, So justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom by faith we reach the grace and stand still and rejoice in God's glory and hope. So the scripture says we are righteous. We are acceptable by faith through Jesus Christ. We live in peace with God. God is not blaming you. He is not in a conflict with you. Jesus Christ accomplished this on the cross. Every human being will have to humble himself if he wants to enter the presence of God. You can't earn presence of God. People are witnessing and testifying how God touched their lives. Brother Ramas told us some time ago when he was sick, when he felt himself like a loser, but God came. So if somebody has this bacteria of thinking that I have to be worthy, he will have doubts and he will become angry and he will say, I keep praying so much, have been working a lot and I have nothing. My dear, this is the pride. You have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Open the Bible and see how the presence of God comes, how you enter the presence of God. So, in the letter for Ephesians, it's been said that you are saved by faith, and it's God's gift, not because of the works that somebody couldn't boast. So, (laughs) I'll address to everybody who consider themselves that you are worthy. I will tell you, you close the door to heaven yourself, because Bible says only through grace of Christ you enter God's kingdom. Human being's worth is defined by God himself. It's not you nor me who decide what is the worth. Jesus decided. So I have some money and uh, I will show you. I keep 20 pounds in my hands. Could you tell me who decided What is the worth of this money? Let's say so. People decided. 20 pounds will always be 20 pounds. So I have presented this example some time ago. And I know some of you know the right answer. But now those who are listening, when you listen to me, ask yourself, do you really see yourself and people as they are? Look, these two 
20 pounds, which I keep one in one hand and the other in other, they have the same value. These money, they travel through their life circle. Somebody bought drugs for them, for example, got divorced, found themselves on the street, did wrong actions, took wrong choices, and this human life ended bad. And this person might look like this, 20 pound, which is squeezed, but this one which I keep in the other hand, 20 pounds, this is flat, this is nice. It's like a human being who was always taking right choices. So now tell me, the one which is nice, 20 pounds, what the difference is between them? Do their value differ? No, their value is the same. You will buy the same stuff. The shape has changed, but the value hasn't. So I will ask you to display two pictures. Look at this beautiful, smiling guy and this poor guy. So this first one, guy, have a look at him. What a handsome guy. And now look at this one, who is poor, who is a beggar. Now again to the beautiful guy in the first picture, and now to the second picture of the beggar. And now tell me, and tell yourself, how do you think, how God looks at those two people? Which one of them has more value? Can you tell me? We all know the right answer, that they both have the same value. But now ask yourself, do you really believe like this? When you look at other people, when you meet other people, do you value the same people? Do you value the person as a person to whom God gave worth and value? Because God decides what is the value of a human being whose life was destroyed. Human being, his value was defined by God who decided that human being is worthy of God's presence, God's love. Human being is worthy. Doesn't matter what that human being has done for me, but his worth and value doesn't change. Human being is human being, like the money I showed you, like those pictures. You have a human being when you approach the heavenly throne. You have to look through God's perspective. When you look one day at yourself, you decide that you are worthy. The other day you decide that you are not worthy. What defines your worth? The enemy wounds us through our daily choices. Both of those people, they were acting somehow. But it doesn't matter where you stand, that handsome guy in a suit or a beggar. They look differently. But the Bible says 
come with the progress, not through your perspective of errors. So we have learned two lessons which are very close to each other. So we are approaching God. Next time when we will talk about these things, I will expand these thoughts. So for today, think about yourself. You are worthy because God told you are worthy and he proved it by Christ's death on the cross. He demonstrated it with his actions. Nobody will change it. So the third and the fourth are when we approach God um, kind of deceived like um, we think we need God because we need something like work and of course you need work you need wife you need good weather you need rain for your grass there are certain needs for food etc and everything is okay with that but if you approach God just because you want to get from him those things which should be added to you. Um, this morning, I got one example in my mind, like, uh, for example, sinking Titanic. We know it sank. So the whole ship is sinking, and somebody is running all around the ship and is trying to buy coffee. The ship is sinking, but he desperately wants to find cafe which is open and he wants to buy coffee because I need coffee now. Now I need coffee. Can you imagine a picture like this? It's like you who is constantly coming and asking these things. God knows what you need, but if you have a picture of yourself and God like this, he will give you coffee. But you are missing the point, the essence. He has prepared himself. If you enter his presence, you are acceptable totally. And he fills you up. And you are asking just for coffee. This is how we miss out on him. When we listen to the witnesses, uh, but we still think about things which have to be added. We might have a certain understanding. For example, you asking for a good work because on the work depends your value. Sometimes we make confessions. God, if you give me wife, I will serve to you all my life. If you give me children, I will serve with all my family to you. So we make certain promises. But this approach is like business meeting, like negotiation, because I want certain things. I believe when I get those things, then I will start living. When I marry godly man, then I will enjoy and I will have life abundantly. So all married women agree with me. And men can feel like this, that you will be acceptable when you get married. Maybe you agree with me in this. It's an illusion, of course. 
because God says, I am the life. It's not your future wife, not your career and ministry, not your success, not your image. Do you have six packs on your tummy or three <laughs> packs? Your value doesn't depend on this. And you still are working on those six packs on your tummy. Maybe one pack is enough. Soft one. You can sleep on it. Deep in our hearts, we know what I'm talking about. And we say, God, you are everything to me. But God says, yeah, I see how I am everything to you. And then we get surprised why why everything feels like on the surface, like being dirty approach, because we feel like God keeps the distance. As if God says, start from confession first. So now we approach the fifth and the sixth obstacle, which are close to each other. They are alike. The situation is when we want to see God's presence, but you can't lie to God. You will find God in truth. When I'm consulting people, especially those who don't know God well, so I say, if you don't find words to say how you feel, take a sheet of paper, a pencil, and write down on the sheet of paper everything what comes to your mind, even curse words. If you are angry, write even those things. Be as you are. Come into His presence as you are. If, for example, you are very angry because of your wife, your employer, your colleague, Don't lie to God. Tell Him how you feel. Don't say, Hallelujah, I give glory to you, Christ. But deep inside, you wish all the worst things to those people that harm, harmed you. And we are surprised why we do not connect with God, because you are not in truth. God sees anyway that you are blaspheming, that you are cursing people around you, that you envy somebody. He sees it anyway. That's why he is asking, be yourself. So when you come and you say, this is how it is. I know how I should think, but I don't think like this right now. So when you pour out your heart, especially when I say it aloud, when I hear myself, it's much easier to forgive. So that's why I say it's hard for you to say aloud, then put it down on the paper, and then destroy that paper. It's not your diary. Because God wants to go with you to the place where you are. He wants to reach that place. God's never... God never wears masks, masks how somebody should look like. That's why he says, be like you are, as you are. Maybe somebody had some um, 
acquaintance with whom you could become friend. But that person always felt very well. You approach the person, you are angry, you are telling how you feel, using filters, of course, but you are open as you can be in front of the person. But your friend is always reserved. She always gives you or he right answers, often corrects you how you should feel. So tell me how long this friendship can last. Just several times you can meet and you know it can't become a real friendship because the person is not real. Friendship is when you laugh and when you cry, when you reveal your life as it is. This is the starting point. When you meet the person who is real, the same is with God. You meet the God who is real. You can feel his embrace, healing. You don't need You might not need psychologists or courses because in his presence you become immediately healthy when you really meet God. God is calling us to this. But the church has learned walking its ways. God is telling, I'm calling you to my presence, not to Christian circus. I have desire, I thirst for you. I created you to be with me, not to do something for me. I created you to be with me in the way as it is. So our journey is we come through grace. We are not worthy, but our value is in Him. He has opened the way for us. We approach him with thankful heart and now I am as I am and I rejoice in his presence if I want to cry I will if I want to rejoice I will and I know he will find me in the place I am and I will get know him more through my experience and the last thing so don't get so excited but the last thing is <laughs> Not everything is going around you and because around you. We approach God's presence. We pour out our hearts and we lift our eyes. We lift our eyes to God who is perfect now, who is for me. If there is a need, He reprimands me. He leads me. He inspires me, he lifts me up. And sometimes we have terrible feelings. But we may say, God, you are in my wrong choice, in my destruction, in my pain. You are loving Father who knows what is happening. And you are for me. You have the exit. You have solution. I sh will not be able to conquer. I can't live without your presence. Don't remove your Holy Spirit from me, and I know I shall pass through everything. 
your focus at the end when you reach the presence of God is on God himself. So when you are in his presence, when you are moving in his presence, without the worship song, don't come. And this is the song of your heart. Because without the worship, you shall not experience what God is. You come through the grace, but you feel very bad inside, deep inside, regarding your choice. You can't forgive yourself. You feel like been strangled. But you say, Jesus, but you forgave me. And you focus on him. Jesus forgave me. It doesn't matter that I am not able now to forgive myself. But you are the beginning and the end. And you will teach me how to forgive myself. You will teach me and give me courage. I hate that person, but you love that person. And you will teach me to love that person, which now I hate. And a lot of more things like this. We will expand these thoughts later. But today I want you to remember, these are those ob obstacles through which we have go through. We belong to Christ. He died for us, that he could be with us, and that we could be like fish in the water and we could live because he lives in us. I will never forget, let the worship team come. I shall never forget, and the Bible says, don't you ever forget the first love, how everything started in your life. It's not possible that you don't remember when you first met God. So in my life, I met him in my home when I was in Lithuania and I remembered as my grandmother said something about God and I said, God, I want to know you. As my grandmother told me, I humbled myself and I asked for help and I remember the presence which came. I didn't know how I should feel. I haven't had read the Bible, but I felt it, and it looked like every cell of my body was filled with his presence. I could not not cry. I, my life began in that night. Also, God cured me during that night, but I understood it only after a year, nothing changed. The same room in Lithuania where I was living, but me, even situations uh, didn't change. I was changed. The next morning when I woke up, I was very happy. And I looked at my garden and I admired this garden. Nothing changed during the night in my garden, but I saw it in different eyes. I was different because I was filled with life and my eyes were filled. And I 
started telling people about God. Somebody thought that I am crazy, but I was testifying. Life came. Life came. And when somebody said, used to say, you are inventing stories, I could say it's too late to say this. I haven't seen any example. I just tried. I asked him to come, and his life filled me with peace, which I couldn't explain. Situations still were present, but I had a hope. I didn't lack anything. Joy came, and I was eating the same bread, but I was very happy and thankful for the same bread I was eating. What has happened? I touched God's presence. I touched life. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I have something against you. You do a lot of things, but I have something against you. You have loved the essence. You have loved the first love. And I want you to come back and just be with me. I want to be with you. I have heard many times God saying in my heart, I miss you. And I know that God wants our presence more than we want. He died not because the reason that we should do something for Him, because He wanted to have us. And deep in our spirits, we long for Him the same. So use this lockdown while you have it. Stand still. Stop running. Put aside all lies. God's sons and daughters come every day just to be with Him, to be and be filled in you every day. And the next time we will speak about how to walk in His presence. I thank Lord this hunger, focus and understanding. Comes reality that we are alive, we are with you in your presence. Like the depth calls to depth. We desire only one thing, the presence, your presence. Thank you that you renew this, that you visit your people, your nation. You visit those who don't know you, whoever we are. doesn't matter what journey of your life is. In your eyes, we are human beings for whom you gave your Son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this privilege to walk with you, be with you. None of us are worth you through your sacrifice. It has opened the earliest. You said that I am worthy because I'm human being. I will keep saying this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I pray for everybody who listens now. And I stand against uh, every religious yeast, against every rule which puts us in bondage, let everything disappears and the essence remains in which we are free, acceptable, lovable, precious and important.